0: You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com.
1: We are the answers.
2: welcome to Elsnerds, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott, very evil, not twin. (laughs) For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsnerds.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com.
1: On Elsnerds, we tend to swear our mouths without thinking, so we will both spoil things and we will swear liberally.
2: Yes, so you have been warned. The so, as you can tell by uh, Beats' accent and the fact that I'm calling him Beat and not Corey, Corey is not here. Um, Corey's got, you know, situations going on to where he, he could be, you know, out and about, you know, at a moment's notice. So, we're just like, hey, you stay home, relax, you know, take care of the family and all that stuff that you got to do. Me and Beat, we got this. Sort of. yes uh, <laughs> it
1: will make it so bad that you will enjoy Corey's return even more so
2: yes you guys will be like forget Tom Merritt oh i hear him all the time i'm glad Corey's back uh by the way Tom Merritt will be on next week as well yes so um yeah did i ask you how you been Oh, you didn't have to, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm doing okay. At my birthday on Sunday. Happy
2: birthday! Thank
1: you very much, sir. And uh, spent wanted to spend some more time with the family. My mother was sick, so we couldn't do that. Went out with a friend, and did some nice lunch out. It's as it should be—a uh, quite an uneventful birthday. Not not being out there and doing causing trouble
2: b i have to i have to do this and compare you a little bit to jesus because you're the only person that i know that had a birthday and gave me something because you gave me that game and i'm like wait it, it just taught me like wait is beat jesus great now i get
1: so much people asking me for keys <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: um no. and on that sacrilegious note um we should probably quickly get into the news before i'm smoted down um, by god himself um with the else nerds else news of the week Um, the first bit of news is that ben affleck is no longer directing the batman solo film um you know he's he said in a statement um there are certain characters who hold a special place in the heart of millions Performing this role demands focus, passion, and the very best performance I can give. It has become clear that I cannot do both jobs—directing and acting—to um, the, the level they require. Together with the studio, I have decided to find a partner and a director who will collaborate with me on this ma- excuse me massive film. I'm still in this, and we are still, and we are making it but we are currently looking for a director. I remain extremely committed to this project and look forward to bringing this to or to life for fans around the world. And with this, I've seen a lot of blog posts that piss me off. Um, I've seen blog posts saying, could Zack Snyder come to, I'm like, no, fuck, you know, he is not coming to this. He's yeah. Uh, I think beat just threw up a little bit. Um, no, he. <laughs> um, I've heard rumors of, or people posting blogs. You know the the click typical clickbait ones of could Ben Affleck be leaving as actor too? And it's like. He just said in the quote, you dumbass, that he's he wants to give a, one of the best performances as Batman, and he can't do that if he's directing himself and all that. Um, and I should also state that uh, uh, Kevin Smith has already taken his name out of the race. Um, I, he's the only person I know to take his name out of a race like that. Usually it's like I'd be willing to do it, sure. I mean, I've directed him in Mallrats, or no? Wait, yeah, Mallrats, Dogma. You Uh, you know, I mean, I could do it, and I'm a big Batman fan. Chasing Amy, damn it! That's and chasing Stroll, yeah.
1: Arguably, yeah.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. It's interesting because a lot of people, even I think, even a lot of people went like hyper doom and gloom of is the Batman movie. Like dead in the water, um, because you know there's no release date. Ben Affleck has said that they've been wanting to, you know, he wants to do it right, and all that. And I'm just I'm sitting here I'm like, I give him credit, because where I would love to have seen you know a Ben Affleck directed Batman movie, um, if if he thinks his performance is going to suffer because of that, get someone in here right fucking now. <laughs>
1: It sounds like politics to me, or uh, diplomacy for, on his side, because he's uh, classic dude, and you know, do not piss off people upstairs and elsewhere. Because yep. I think that it's on the plate for him to really drop it. Because he said before a while ago, yeah. it's certain he will direct and whatever. And he directed himself in Argo and won a fucking Oscar for it. Yeah. So. I don't play that as well, but uh, it, it depends so much on what the Wonder that, Woman movie will do. I think it's that and same, yeah, and
2: Justice at League. The time with the, Sorry, with the with the, the him directing himself in um, Argo and winning an Oscar, and you know Run All Nights, and um, I think there's another one that he directed that he uh, was also in
1: Life by um, Night.
2: I live. Yeah, live by night. that's that's what it is. Um, the I don't think there's as big of a of a moment that he would like he's talking about with stepping down because he wants to give his best performance. You know, he he gave great performances in those other movies, but this is a character he grew up watching. And reading and you know, just living, you know, what's the best part all. of
1: Batman versus Superman? There were many flaws in it. Ben Affleck wasn't it, he did the, the best thing in the whole movie, and applaud him for that. But it's not a high bar to set, but yeah.
2: But I bought him and as he, Batman, that's what he did direct it, so he was able to give 100%. He's I'm gonna go so far out on a limb to say he's. The best Bruce Wayne and Batman that we've had. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because <laughs> here's why. Because you've had other Batman or other actors who were a better Batman or a better Bruce Wayne, not both. Michael Keaton, fuck you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and many will argue as as much as me because yeah, he bought he was the outsider and yeah. the, the, the funny thing about the internet as we recall some two years ago three years ago the internet w- went ablaze when they announced Ben Affleck as the Batman and then I I stood by him I knew he can deliver it because uh-huh. Daredevil well, was it uh, was a terrible movie but as well he had the stamina he had the presence of a superhero he can deliver that that, that i have seen and during the games as well oh wait no. Ah. but uh his main thing was that he had the chin that works through the mask and uh, all is well and is he enough uh, willingly to go through it even when he doesn't feel like it Because when somebody else comes in and he has to be like a co pilot in the whole thing, that will create more creative differences. So, is it really a sign, a better sign to get somebody else to direct him? He knows himself best.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, I know, like, and I'm not no, you know, hotshot actor, writer, director type, but. At the same time, I tend to focus in on one thing. you'll catch me doing that here where I'm reading the art like either the next article um where or you know, I'm trying to find a thing in the article for the current story and I'm not paying attention. partially that's because I know Corey can just carry on with his himself um but it's also because you know, I'm trying to keep, you know, keep the ball rolling. Let's, you know, keep this going. And then I'll come in and I'll be like, wait, um, I had a point. Oh, what the fuck was my point? Uh, And stuff like that.
1: He tells me while I'm here at (laughs) 3.30 (laughs) a.m. I Try my best, people. So be kind.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. And and, and so it's, I could see, like, if he's, excuse me, if he's thinking, you know, that Not necessarily that his performance could suffer, but that his directing could suffer. You didn't even think about that. I see the look. You didn't even think about that. No, I was
1: thinking about uh, Live By Night because it was mentioned in an article in some places that it was a third financially. I don't know. I didn't see it. I can't uh, speak for the uh, content, but that's the one thing he was worried about being typecast or what's Well, I, I didn't get a connection there that was made in some articles that because one of his own fl- films flop he feels the need to step out of place uh, that feels it could be
2: a little uh, a little bit panicky yeah. because um, you know you get Argo it's a period piece you know it's only you know what 30 years ago but still that's you know back in time yeah. Okay, and then, and then um, live by night. He was, you know, he was. That's you know during I think Prohibition in America, and so I, I think that could have been what he was meaning by being typecast, you know, with his directing stuff.
1: Oh, the typecasting part was on my side. I, I didn't read that, but yeah, yeah, you, yeah, that's a the point there of course.
2: No, yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I will be curious to see who it, who it is. I know it's not going to be Zack Snyder because he's already working on Justice League, and you, you know, I mean, let's let's have him ruin all the other characters. Let's not have him ruin Batman.
1: Somebody that's hot currently at Warner Brothers could be D-D-D-N-E-F- Will Villeneuve, that does the Blade Runner sequel right now, and this. Uh, planning to do the Dune reboot or whatever it will be. So I couldn't imagine him having a vision and being different and having already a working connect- relationship with Warner Bros. So that's one my- name that comes to my mind. That will be like Josh Crank, but hopefully <laughs> in a better uh, results than... he's uh, not a tiny little bitch, baby. <laughs> well he he had a reason to he was stupid to do it in a way he did but I I feel inclined to trust his words over the the ones of the studio
2: yeah Um, I'll I'll leave the article or leave the story with this Um, I wouldn't be surprised when we get the announcement that it's being released Um, if we hear or see you know, Ben Affleck credited, credited as like a like a set, like a second director or something like that. You know, like where he directed some scenes, but not the whole thing and all that. But yeah, so the next story, keeping with our superhero themes for the new segments, is Marvel's Cloak & Dagger TV series casts Cloak & Dagger. Uh, Marvel Studios has finally introduced... Um, the latest small screen stu- uh, heroes um, for the show. This is the uh, this is Freeform's Cloak and Dagger. So, you know, it was ABC Family, now it's Freeform. Um, they have just cast Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holtz to play Cloak and Dagger, respectively. Um, for those of you guys who do not know, uh, Olivia Holtz is a Disney Channel actress. Um, she's known for... Um, the TV shows kicking it, and I didn't do it. And she's also been on the. She already has a little bit of experience with the Marvel universe because she voiced Spider Girl in the Spider Verse story arc of Disney XD's Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. Um, but she will play Dagger. Um, and it's the they give the article gives a little bit of bio on you know Dagger. Um, as it's uh, Tandy Bowen. Who she enjoys a privileged upbringing until her family is destroyed by a disastrous storm. Um, and in the comics, there it talks about her powers in the comics. Um, basically, the cool part with these characters is they're opposites in a lot of ways. Um, there's the obvious race way of Tandy Bowen is white. I mean, you hear that name, Tandy Bowen? Come on, that's a white girl. Um, <laughs> and Tyrone Johnson, aka Cloak. Um, is a black guy, but she has the powers of of like it's like uh, psionic daggers uh, that are made of light, and she can use these daggers to drain away energy or even heal uh, people. And then cloak, who is, you know, he's called cloak because you see him, you know, with this big billowing, um, you know, cloak that teleports people through uh through dimensions and um stuff like that it's just it's it's, it's a cool combo to have um and i you know with olivia holtz i'm like all right i could see that um and with uh uh aubrey johnson or aubrey joseph i've you know he's credited he's a very young actor um, you know, not having a lot of stuff. His credits include Run All Night and The Night of, where he played John Turturro's son. And yeah, so this will be, I'm I'm interested in this. Um, here's what the, to pull out a quote from the article, uh, Joe Pekaski, uh, the showrunner of the show said about the casting of Joseph N. Holt. Um, he said, The characters of Tandy and Tyrone have always stood out to me. Ever since I first met them in the pages of Marvel Comics when I was a boy, when Olivia and Aubrey read for the roles, these characters leapt off the page. We're so excited to see what these talented young actors bring to the Marvel universe. Um, and the they have already, or there have already been unconfirmed rumors that Gina prince uh, Byswood will direct the pilot, um, which would be, you know, pretty good. Is from what the article says as I continue reading it. But yeah, because she's done love and basketball, and you know she knows her way around romance. So yeah, this is interesting. Be how familiar are you with Cloak and Dagger?
1: I had no previous knowledge of that. I just saw saw the article, and it seems interesting. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, so. <laughs> and uh, i was wondering in how you to what is most comparable that we know of or is it so unique that you can't compare it to something
2: we already know to a um when you say comparable like to other superheroes yeah so dagger um keeping it in the marvel universe actually i keep both of them in there um dagger she's similar to in powers a little bit to um oh fuck I'm blinking um Olivia Munn's character Psylocke um with the the kinetic uh, or not kinetic, like the telepathic daggers or you know she had a sword um it's similar to that where she knows a lot of karate kung fu um martial arts stuff that way um and then the big thing with Cloak is um you, you can almost compare him a little bit to um to Nightcrawler with his powers because he can uh use he can use this power, his control over the dark to teleport. Without so the yeah. And so I mean it's and it's it is an interesting casting choice. Um it's interesting that they're picking the show to or these characters to begin with because there's such dichotomy between the two. Um, I mean, you know, as you know individuals with their backgrounds and stuff, it's you know it's I, I now see where or why it fits being on freeform because of the the young adult romance stuff that they're gonna play between the two between cloak and dagger. And, all, and it's cool and also the last time i saw them in comics they were flipped where cloak was white and dagger was well the his he had powers that were all like white light and stuff like that and dagger was um was all dark and used negative stuff and i'm like that's cool yeah blackface <laughs> yeah,
1: 2017
2: no it wasn't blackface <laughs> <laughs> it was what it was is, um, because if you 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 you've seen her, you know her outfit, her outfit was black and his was white, and all that, and where the, the the easy the dumbest way the easiest way to say about their powers is she has power over light, he has power over darkness. Well, with this, and it was with it was in Spider Man because it was they were under the influence of Mister Negative, and he you know flips your powers and all that and you know basically flips your color scheme um so it's like oh here all right she's now she controls darkness she still has her daggers and stuff but she's all black i'm like wait why is she wearing black she usually wears white all right so you're reading oh that's why (laughs) but yeah it was pretty cool um and i'm excited to see this i mean you know i think it's pretty good casting for both for both parts Okay. All right, and the final, excuse me, the final bit of news is Square Enix announces a Marvel Avengers game, or Square Enix and Marvel announced an Avengers game. Um, this came out last week, and I also heard that Idios um, Montreal is working on a Guardians of the Galaxy game as well, but. Um, You know, Square Enix and uh, Marvel announced a multiplayer, a multi-game partnership, beginning with an Avengers game. Um, you know, there's not really a lot known about this, but I will say that I have to, um, I have to pick on my boss because he was wanting to say that, you know, it was it's that they should do a remake of, uh. Marvel Avenger or Ultimate Alliance. And I'm like, no, no. Look at what the studios that they've got have made. It's probably going to be something closer to that than, than that game that, oh yeah, it got a sequel, but still didn't do enough success to be a continuing franchise for you know Marvel properties.
1: It kind of makes sense with Scarlet Enix because with Final Fantasy, they are used to making... Uh, the we, movies with with combined with grinding, and uh I can see the relationship going in a certain direction. And even Tomb Raider and other games had cinematic yeah. touch. So touch. Why not?
2: no, um, yeah, the, whatever the game will be, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be freaking awesome. Um, because you know they got Crystal Dynamic, who's the developer from the tomb raider reboot and um idios montreal who did the deus Ex series um two great uh, companies that and i'm like all right um i'm gonna wait to reassemble here as they've been using the hashtag all over social media and i don't know (laughs) i i cannot wait i you know i want this I want this now, but I don't want it to suck, so I will wait patiently.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we had some terrible experiences with uh, the X-Men games and other things. Oh, God. Uh, God. Yes. (laughs) And then, again, there were some good things like uh, Universe Online and free-to-play games that they they diligently made better and better and better and uh, I know a lot of people that spend a, mo- a lot of time with just the MMOs so oh yeah it's going to be interesting if they go that route with uh, a lot of in-app purchases and uh, microtransactions it, or they're going to deliver 60 dollar game and be done with
2: I think it's a 60 dollar game to be honest because i mean or both. I don't I don't see them making this big of a deal with even going as far as to say it'll be developed by Crystal Dynamics and Iidos Montreal, you know, for the first game. You no know, let's let's not forget here that this is multi games. So and actually wait, hold on. I don't think this I don't think idos montreal is doing the avengers game i think they're i think it said i think the original announcement was they're going to be doing a game as well but the avengers project yeah the avengers project um is being worked done by crystal dynamics and the um oh no yeah the idos montreal is doing it as well yeah but yeah, I heard, you know, i just seen it while I was flipping their work that they're going to be doing a Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which...
1: Look, it could be much worse, like Konami, yeah. EA, or Ubisoft, so we're happy that's in somebody else's hands, but Square Enix also had some trouble, some uh, deliveries of Final Fantasy, Evolution, and other things that w- w- were stale, but again, I'm, I'm hopeful on this one
2: yes well that is it for the news and we will be right back
0: If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com slash support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link. Make a purchase and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com slash support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast.
2: And we are back, and it is time for the Else Views. This is the section of the show where we talk about the movies, TV shows, games, music, you know, basically anything we want to go in-depth on. And we have both picked TV shows this week. Um, So, B, you want to do yours? Of course. I uh, can do that with
1: the page as soon as it loads. Uh, I heard of the show a while ago, it's called The Get Down, and uh, it had an interesting premise that it was kind of like a documentary with very fictionalized content because it crosses over uh, often an era and goes into the future at some moments, back and forth, and that means that you get uh, a story told by somebody out of his memory but then again, you have all the things you see. I wasn't aware of New York, what happened in this time. And it was very inviting into a world I couldn't usually visit because I'm here in so Switzerland. <laughs> I did not get to visit New York uh, in back in these days. But uh, I felt like transported in that era. And there were some crazy good music. And it's about the Grandmaster Flash, and people that try to get to him as like a sensei and scholar uh, relationship so that they want to know how to get to the get down and know how to do a break and make so, so your own music out of a sample from an existing work. And nowadays, that's very uh, difficult to do. Back in the days when we ran DMC and Los Hole did it, and Busy Boys, that was crazy and today's you couldn't pay or afford that as an artist and just showing how that came to be is an interesting part but then they picked great actors. All of them were very likable. You believe what they portrayed. If it was just being the church girl that wants to come out and be the great girl and show business or you got the typical Portuguese or Latino guy, the immigrant that wants to make it also from the slums into the bigger place. And altogether, it works like a well-organized concept album, but just visually. And I had to uh, hesitate because uh, uh, Trin Smith is on on the crew (laughs) and... (laughs) When you know him from Hollywood, Babylon, and other uh, uh, places that what he's doing in his spare time, well, it's up to him, but was a little hesitant. And I have to say... You know him
2: on Twitter as being such a millennial oh. with a lot of the things he says.
1: He and his sister are from another planet or yeah. another system entirely, but then he... He put it all out there, and have to give huge props for what he did. Like Lady Gaga did on American Horror Story, you didn't expect anything, and then they deliver. Yeah. I skipped After Earth, so I, I wasn't <laughs> worked on that experience. But really, you and um, everyone else. But if you're into like period pieces that have a little bit a modern touch, if you're into the music of the era, if hip hop or disco or funk or if you're just into a good entertaining show that has this uh, arc that is captivating and, uh, and everything else about it is great. I just can't recommend it enough. And it's uh, only like six, six episodes as we call it. Uh, just a second. It's yeah, it's, so it's you, you get the whole thing and also, the soundtrack is great. You should see it, uh, get it. We have the uh, link to it to, to the Amazon store. And yeah, there were five, six. Yeah, six episodes, so I was right. Yeah, so six it episodes isn't,
2: for part one.
1: And around an hour each, so you don't waste much time. And if you're hooked, then you will go through it like through two days max.
2: Nice. All right, that is the get down. My choice, you, if you're watching the video, you saw the little clip of it because it airs internationally on Netflix. Um, and that is Riverdale. Um, this airs here in America on Fridays. And, or no, sorry, Thursdays. Um, and this is the, it's a uh, Greg Berlanti production. So, I mean, you know, add another show that he's doing. But this follows the um the Archie gang um you know from Archie Comics going through you know in this new reimagined world. Um I went into this optimistic. Um and I will say right now I do enjoy the show. I there's a big part of me that wishes it wasn't a. It wasn't an Archie branded TV show, because there are. Did you see um, Riverdale? Nope. And uh, I okay. didn't read the comics neither. Well, the comics. I mean, they're you know, here. I don't know if, how it is over in Switzerland, but here, they're the classic Archies are in or is Digest, and you can get them at a grocery store checkout lane. Um, it's this. I think what brought it brought the show into the forefront. You know, getting fast tracked to getting made is the fact that you know we had the reboots of the comics with Mark Wade writing Archie, um, Chip Zdarsky, and then getting t- the book getting taken over by Ryan North writing uh, Jughead. Excuse me, uh, Jughead, and. You know, so that brought new interesting things, you know, a new, int- you know, perspective into Archie. Um, with Riverdale, though, it's a it's a darker take. I mean, the show is and I have some little other nitpicks, but the big thing that I have is like it's it's dark and I wasn't ex- I wasn't really expecting it. Is it dark so, for CW, or is it dark, dark? It's dark for... it's it's It fits in with CW because of, you know, they have the shows like Vampire Diaries and uh, Supernatural, where, you know, they can get darker. But it's... You go from Arch... To, you know, from the classic Archie, you know, the bumbling buffoon at times, um, Archie Andrews, to holy crap, Archie got hot by, you know, one of the characters in there. Um, they definitely cw some of the things, um, which was, again, was fine. You know, it was cool. Yeah, the... There's one thing, or the one big thing that I have that's a problem with it is, and I, it's it's actually on the they they talk about it on the facebook page of of for riverdale um and it's one of the people they said it and i'm like y- that's what i had too and they said that they love the pilot Her, their only complaint is between archie and miss grundy because over the summer they have an they have this tryst um this affair that you know becomes quickly taboo in the pilot and it's like and they're setting up there's doing this setup where, Oh, well you won't tell anyone, will you Archie? No, it's a bit our secret. Um, sort of thing. And it's like, did that need to happen? Did that need to be a thing? And all that. Um, I, I like the, the acting, the actors, you know, it's some great choices for actors in here. Um, you know the show. You're you're basically the perspective is told through Jughead and his point of view. Um, but he's even than him. He's a different Jughead. It's not the uh, it's not the well, I'll, uh, give me a cheeseburger. You know, I'll do anything for a cheeseburger type person. It's I almost I want to say the easiest way to describe Riverdale is this is emo Archie in a lot of ways. And I mean, I still like the show. It's just, it. I wasn't 100% sold on a murder mystery Archie, but I'm liking the acting. I'm liking the characters in here enough to where it's like, all right, I'm going to get on board anyways. Because, you know, I know they've had, you know, Archie versus Predator, Archie, uh, you know, they've had different Archie books that were not typical Archie, but yet they did their thing. But yeah, so that airs Thursdays at eight or nine on the CW. I forget. It's on Thursdays, and you can catch it, you know, later. Or if you're around the world, watch it on Netflix on Fridays. So that is nerding out, or sorry, uh, the Else views and we will be right back. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the new world order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com/weird to listen. Find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are back, and it is time for else words. This is our main topic for point, and partially because I tried really hard to get a special guest host on here, um, but he said no. And well, he, he's British, so he said it more politely. Um, you know, I, I believe he called me something called a wanker. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, <laughs> Daryl. I'm joking. I didn't. I know you didn't say anything of those things. But this is the news that Peter Capaldi oh, has. Right, <laughs> Huh?
1: Was that a Granite Who spoiler? What's <laughs> the insider for the ones that follow the show?
2: Yes, yes. Um, he, he called me a Jeremy Clarkson. Um, but no, so this is the, the confirmation that Peter Capaldi has confirmed that series 10 slash season 10 of Doctor Who will be his last. Um, so basically we have until Christmas... Um, for for Peter Capaldi, and he confirmed this with uh, Joe Wetley's or Joe Wiley's BBC Two radio program, which for the video viewers that's the lady that you're seeing right there. Um, and he said, went down too far. One of the greatest privileges of being Doctor Who is to is to see the world at its best. Capaldi stated. Uh, from our from our brilliant crew and creative team working god this would do be so much better if I could do a scottish accent <laughs> from, from our brilliant crew and creative team working for the best pro, uh, broadcaster on the planet to the viewers and fans who endlessly creatively uh whose endless creativity generosity and inclusiveness points to a brighter future ahead I can't thank everyone enough it's been cosmic um so this is. <sighs> Where it is bittersweet, this news. And actually, before I get into this, let's play Daryl uh, Daryl Johnson, the host of Who Knew and Review, his response to us.
0: Hello, Elsteads. It's Daryl here from the Who Knew and Review podcast. Now, yesterday or the day before, you saw the news, Peter Capaldi's leaving, And you asked me if I could come onto the show. Well, as you know, I'm a very busy man. And uh, so the answer was no. But I can give you the benefit of a little bit of, what I think is going to happen. I don't think we are going to get a female doctor. So I think you can put those ideas out of your mind straight away. Also, a few names have been banded around. We've got that chap who played Q. We've got the bloke that plays the Martian Manhunter, and we've got Moz from the IT crowd. Do I think any of those are in for the esteemed position as the Doctor? No, I don't. So who are we looking for? I think we're going to go down the same sort of route as Matt Smith. An up-and-coming actor? Someone who is youthful. When I say youthful, I mean 30. So... Youthful to me. (laughs) I think they're going to be quirky. I think they're going to be able to captivate an audience. I don't think it's going to be anyone that the bookmakers have on their list. So there's my views. But of course, I'm keen to hear yours. What is it you want from the Doctor? Who do you think could possibly fill that fill that void are we going to stick to purely a british actor or maybe are we going to look well over the uh, over the atlantic to one of your talented sorts please let me know i'd be keen to find out and i'll be researching and having a close look at this in the next episode of who knew and review anyway toodles
2: yeah, so, um, that's mainly why I wanted to bring Daryl on because of this story right here, and I want to thank him for you know providing that that feedback. Um, I agree a lot with a lot of what he said on there. I mean, Daryl knows his stuff, and so I mean, who who do you th- who would you see uh, that could possibly play? Um, you know who could possibly take over and be the next doctor
1: that's a tough one as he said a fresh face would be most befittingly and there's some people around that could fit, fit the bill the thing about taking somebody from over the pond strikes me with irony because most American roles are uh, being stolen by (laughs) British actors. And uh, the BBC likes to get American people for their British shows like uh, Joy and now maybe a new Doctor Who uh, coming from over there. So it would be mind-blowing. But never say never, because it's a huge population that they could reach with that. I don't know ma- how many Americans are open to Doctor Who because of their English manuriousness and how many would be- prefer having one of their own in the role. Yeah. But I, mean, I, f- I read that.
2: Be yeah, a- I'm, I'm going to do baby steps here because, I mean, we just got a Scottish, do- actual Scottish doctor, not David Tennant. He's Scottish, but we're going to have him do an, Amer- do an English accent. Um, doctor and you know i was i was actually talking about this when the um when the news broke on saturday monday um with some of my friends from work because i was talking about you know how doctor who it's such it is a life-changing role i mean you look at matt smith you look at David Tennant even. I mean, David Tennant before then in England, yes, he was a known actor. But after, he's a worldwide star. You know, he's you know, he's in the Harry Potter movies, he's you know, he's voicing Scrooge McDuck for fuck's sake. Um and it's one of these things that you know, he's in Marvel movie or Marvel TV shows with being the purple man on Jessica Jones. And it's it's one of these things like Doctor Who for a lot of the people is a stepping stone. You know, but not in like the, oh, well, it eventually gets beneath them. It's, they it's love it thing. so much. Yeah. That's a new thing.
1: Echo Stone was smart enough to bail out as soon as he could. And he delivered a good role, but it was a role. And then it was much more into it for, and massive as well after getting into it uh yeah I, I agree it is uh maybe another scotsman would be even mcgregor when he doesn't do much more movie things maybe he could jump in there because he has the eyes he has the the expression the, the charisma maybe he could deliver something like that it doesn't yeah. have to be a 20 something
2: yeah ewan mcgregor would be a pretty pretty cool choice um the for the hearing it and still even hearing it now but um daryl said that the um that uh richard ayawade who plays masa from the it crowd was up there i'm like wait really like it that threw me like that would be uh, like, like trust me i would love to see it but at the same time it's like wow. I, I i couldn't see it i couldn't see it happening just because it's, it it doesn't seem like it's like it's out of either person's you know either side's range but it just seems like it seemed like a weird choice to go Richard Iwaddy but i want to point out something else that this is not only Peter Capaldi's final season this is Stephen moffat's final season um you know so so (laughs) i mean you know a lot of people do get that way but at the same time i'm you know it's one of these like he he loved what he's doing and he's or he loves what he's doing and you know he's you know he made the decision to leave and so this I, I see this as let's give um, I'm blanking on his name. It's Chris uh, the new showrunner. Uh, Chibnall. Yeah, Chibnall. That's it. Chibnall. Uh, From Broadchurch. Church. Yeah. Uh, let's give him essentially a clean slate in here. And you know, like with, and keep it to where the new Companion with Billy is the, um, the carryover, and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to happen. But at the same time, I don't. I'm not sad about it. It's because I know. You know, we have enough of the doctors alive that, you know, 60th anniversary um, coming up in like five years or something, you know, we could get another Doctor Who adventure with, you know, David Tennant, Matt Smith, um, you know, like another four doctors where we get, you know, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, and then the new doctor and, you know, hilarity will ensue.
1: The thing is, Doctor Who was very beloved uh, to the, up to the Tom Baker times, but then it fell flat and it went away for a while and they tried to do it with a movie that was something of, yeah, it was a movie. Uh, and it took <laughs> a re envisioning of the whole uh, character. They kept the old canon, so at least they did that, but Some things had to be dropped from the movie, and other things, so it made sense. If it's the problem right now, it's really hard to find something that wasn't there before, and you see the Moffat's handwriting in it. So yes, bring on the new. And would you
2: keep canon or would you break with canon if you, you were at the helm? If if I was showrunner, I would keep canon. Um. Because, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, it, where, it, you know, the easy answer would be break canon. But at I'm the same two. time, at the same time, you do, if you were to break canon, then, um, then it doesn't really, an episode that features a Cyberman or, or a... A, a Zygon or, you know, a Dalek or any of these other monsters, they're going to look at it like, oh, you're just doing a start." you know, I almost said a, <laughs> a Sherlock episode, but you're just doing Wrath of the Cyberman, you know, you're just rehashing old stories and and stuff like that. It's like, well, we're not trying to, but shut up. But but there's just the thing, you have the five,
1: six types of villains that you can pick from, and then some one-offs, and that can feel limiting to a creator. So not just because it's a cheap shot, um, meant really that like uh, season eight was the which one was with Eccleston, when he came back, they had just came through the wall shit that is necessary and modernized it. So in that spirit I would see a refreshing of the can. Maybe let's put it that way as a refreshment.
2: I mean and, and that's what's gonna happen is you're gonna have with the writers um you're gonna have a revitalization in there with you know the new showrunner for season eleven. But also I was I was trying to find the article, but there's a article about the episodes, and this is the first time um I believe the digital spy will have it. Um this is the first time that we will have a writer who wrote on both the old doctor who and the new doctor who um, one of the episodes is being written by um, written by one of these writers. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like Steve, this is a typical Steven Moffitt's um, run joint now with this season or series um, because we have, he's writing a lot of them. You know he's doing the uh, two part with Peter Harness, um, where they're doing the or no that well they did. Sorry, on. Yeah, this is the article. Um, but one of the one of the writers and I cannot think of who it is right now. Wrote for oh wow episode is ri- written by Mark Gaddis. Sorry, I'm. Re- this is what happens when you're. It's this is what's called stalling. Um. Uh, rona monroe who is penned episode nine is the, this she's the first she previously wrote 1989 survival um so she and she'll be doing the episode the eaters of light and yeah a lot of these people you know there's only one person in here who is not who has not written for dr who before A lot of it is Stephen Moffat. You know, episode one is by Moffat. Seven or six and seven is written by Stephen Moffat with Peter Harness. And then 11 and 12 is written by um, Stephen Moffat. So, you know, just under half of the episodes are written by him not uh, but all the other people are great writers I mean Toby Whitehouse the uh, sh- uh creator showrunner of being human is writing an episode um you know a lot of these people that are we have I see this as being good i I don't see any of this as being like okay this season's gonna suck
1: that was also not the impression I get from the whole story it's just it's opportunity is in the air that they can break loose of some things that are getting stale with time, but still it's halfway far a kid's show or was promoted as such. And I understand why and uh, approve of it, but maybe some, something around that, that they could change, go a little bit edgier or whatever. Not that they have to, to get better. Just saying, change up the formula just just a tiny bit please
2: yeah and i mean you could honestly take a look at uh at the class for that to get inspiration because i mean i've seen all but the final two episodes i believe but that's you know that's taking a property taking doctor who um and going in such a different direction i it's mean it's
1: almost schlock and I enjoy very much, it, so yeah.
2: Yeah, it's one of those where I'm like, I, you know, I'm enjoying the show, and you know, I've I've been enjoying the class. It's only you know because, you know, too much TV that I hadn't finished it, but it's, you know, it's great, great stuff, and so you know, I could see easily see, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it later came out that Peter Capaldi said. Yeah, I step back to give, uh, the creator of Broadchurch a clean slate. Um, because it's, I mean, it's you're gonna have better writing then. You know, he wasn't
1: that. a bad doctor, but he hasn't really oh, had no. an arc. He he didn't, didn't had an evolution like Tennant had or, or Matt Smith. So I understand. Also, maybe his ambitions are a little bit higher than just staying there and doing the same. Yeah, but he did well. Um i'm not mocking you. at times i was a little frustrated because of what he w- had to deliver but this was his fault it was was moffat's work yeah and he fresh it up and yeah farewell.
0: this has been a galactic network podcast for more go to gncast.com that's g-n-c-a-s-t-s.com